The college football playoff all set with no Big 12 teams. How much does BYU really benefit from this? ESPN's Trevor Maddich sounds off. BYU football will face the Memphis Tigers in Miami. We'll get to know the foe with AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco. Oh, and don't forget a triple-double and a third straight Sweet 16. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation, back to work on your radio, television, and other media machines. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Monday, December 8th, I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with Miami Beach personal trainer, Brian Lowe. Uh, that's just a small, it's a medium slim fit shirt I got on right now. <laughs> I can get you ready, though, man. Get ready me, for the beach, I dude? I can get you ready, dude. We got a couple of weeks left, you know. I'm going to start hitting the gym back uh, here soon. If you want to come work out with me early morning, egg whites, grilled chicken, Wheat, <laughs> wheat bread, not white. Holla at your boy. Let me know what you want to do, I need to, to be man. looking good in that mankini, bro. That's right, man. Okay. That's right. I, I see you worked out. You've been working on your tan in a little bit. Maybe <laughs> I can give you some of my, my, my brown glow, help you out a little bit. Thank you very much. You're so generous with <laughs> Can't that. Can't go in the water, though. It's going to wash off. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. What a weekend for BYU Athletics and the BYU Sports Nation karma. Women's volleyball, back to the Sweet 16 for a third straight year. Yep. Tyler Haas goes for a quiet 30. Kyle Collins with a triple-double. Oh, and then there's the football conversation. The Miami Beach Bowl is announced, and the Big 12 gets snubbed in the college football playoff. Out of all that, man, Tyler Haas going 30. <laughs> I was at that game. It's an afterthought. Tyler, I was like, what? I thought it was a typo. I was like, how? I tried to refresh a couple times, and then I asked my wife. I was like, hey, babe, open, open this up. I need you to, this isn't right, right? How in the world does this guy have 30 points? Come on, man. I'll tell you, when, when a triple-double and 30 points are way down the list of what's being discussed, you know something yeah, big is going down. Something juicy. Join our conversation 24-7 using the hashtag BYUSN. Start it off with today's Twitter question. It's quite simply, what is the biggest news, in your opinion, from this weekend in BYU sports? Is it the Big 12 snub? I'm guessing that most of you will probably say yes to that. The Miami Beach Bowl matchup, which is really intriguing. Mm, Whatever. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth's triple-double or BYU women's volleyball in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they're back to the Sweet yep. 16 again. And Sean Olmstead's mustache is that awesome. We'll talk to him in about 40 minutes on it's BYU amazing. Sports Nation. Um, I might grow one out in honor just to copy for the bowl game. For the game. I Seriously? I might do it. I'm thinking about it, man. And Olmstead. I'm thinking about it. I'm tr- I got to look at my, my Palm Pilot and my calendar to see if I have anything coming up, you know, that, <laughs> I, that may not want that mustache present for those things. But other than that, I may do it. No one's going to say anything to you about it. Let's be honest. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Only Jerem. Only Jerem. Don't say, Jerem, you got to shave that, man. We only give you three days, and you get, then it's got to go. Oh, my goodness. First tweet in from at Cougar Fan. According to Twitter folk, BYU is 100% guaranteed a spot in the Big 12 next year. Wow. Get your window stickers now. Does the Big 12 have an official sticker? They, they do. probably do, it right? It says one true champion. <laughs> I think oh. I, I, I saw it the other day. I saw it on TCU's, uh, yeah. I couldn't believe what I was seeing when Baylor's coach Art Bryles was just going after Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. 
Like during the post game, they were having an animated conversation. And then the entire press conference after Baylor wraps up their one true championship. Right. He's just like, he, he, he was not hiding at all. And I was like, is this happening? No shame, man. Is this happening? So it got good for BYU fans looking at all this parody in the Big 12. And then it just, oh, Christmas morning. On Sunday, that's when, right. It came early when came the early college football playoff came out, and no Big Twelve. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one: Big Twelve Chaos Theory. At roughly twelve forty p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, the first ever college football playoff committee set off a chain reaction, dropping a bomb on the Big 12. Ohio State in. Baylor and TCU out. All BYU fans collectively rejoice (laughs) because the immediate reaction is, now we're right back in the game. Man, I was jumping up and down. I was ecstatic. My wife came running down the stairs. What's going on? What happened? Where's the fire? I was like, we're, we're going to the Big 12. We're going to the Big 12. And she's like, oh, man, get out of here. I'm going back upstairs. But we're going to the Big 12. We are. See, I had to get my blue, my big blue goggles on for the Big 12 because we're going big now. You know, big yeah. time. Uh, line ones. one for Tom Homo, Bob Bowlesby <laughs> calling from the Big 12. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Tom, I'd like to have a meeting with you. Just take about five, ten minutes maybe. Just want to see where your head is at. want to introduce a few things to you. We learned a few major things from the announcement of the college football playoff yesterday that we thought might happen, but it was nice to see it confirmed. One, conference championship games matter a lot. Yes. There's big-time weight placed in those. That's where the computers – you know, having the final say, or sorry, the human factor now having the final say instead of the computers makes a huge difference. Yes, very, very. I love this, the, the, the new format because you get that human touch, right? It, it's not all done by computers and, and technology. So I, I love that aspect of it. That said, the computers did have four teams in the college football playoff in the top four if you were going back to the BCS computers. Right. Interesting. Also, non-conference strength of schedule matters a lot. Baylor, 128th out of 128 Division I teams in non-conference strength of schedule. Message, beef it up, Baylor. TCU was 116. Okay? So those things also affect not having a conference championship game and having a weak non-conference strength of schedule left the Big 12 out. Yes, you know, this. I like this because let's say worst-case scenario, BYU doesn't get into the Big 12 or to a conference. Well, now P5 schools, because of this, they have to start scheduling higher-quality opponents. And so BYU, I believe, is an opponent that is is a higher-quality opponent than a double-A school or maybe a lower-tier, you know, Mountain West school. Uh, But – uh, they, they can beat you as well, you know, and so I, I, I can take that risk if I'm a P5 school. I'll take that risk and schedule a BYU just to have it on my resume uh, because it's, the, it's, it's worth it. And I do think I can beat you. But if you're off your A game, if, if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, this Brigham Young team will come come to play and could potentially win. So you're saying that there, there are benefits for BYU whether or not they get into either, the Big 12. Either, either because way. Because teams in the Big 12 are going to schedule exactly, BYU exactly. as an independent. Exactly. Hey, man, we scheduled a, we scheduled a you know, top 40 team in BYU. Look, look how good they're doing. Or what, what if BYU cracks the top 25? Look what we've done. We beat them. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever the case is, it plays in the favor to start having some more schedules just like next year coming up. Interestingly enough, Bronco Mendenhall recently gave his opinion on – 
every conference holding a championship game except the Big 12. I can't imagine how not every conference won't have to have a championship game um, for parity. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. If I was one of the four teams that had a championship game and that extra risk and or extra opportunity, I would certainly want every team to be doing it. And so that's where I stand. I'm gathering that's how most coaches and athletic directors and important people in college athletics feel when it comes to whether or not to hold a championship game other than the Big 12 who get a ton of money, get a ton of share because of their TV contract and less teams. Yeah. And so I don't there's this there's this idea that the Big 12 might be able to get a waiver to hold a championship game with just 10 teams. I don't think that's going to happen. Not so fast. I don't think so either. That that to to punish other conferences that have played an extra game, and most of these games are going to be against quality ranked opponents because they won their division, which is why it's a championship game. And for you to say, well, can you excuse us because we want to save some money? No. Mm -mm. I don't see that happening whatsoever. It doesn't make sense to me. Even without a Big 12 Conference championship game, uh, when TCU beat Iowa State 56-3, to I thought, there is no way the Frogs are getting left out. They're at number three right now. How are they going to drop out? Then Ohio State happened. Right. We, we went through tons of scenarios on Friday of what needed to happen for co- the, the college football uh, birth to, to really help BYU, right? We said we need to root for all the teams that have a state, uh, and none of those played out, right? <laughs> Worst case scenario happened, but then there was one. There was one real true champion in Ohio State that, uh, you know, overcame adversity, had the third-string quarterback, and put the smack down on Wisconsin. 59 to nothing. I mean, this is too monumental. You got to put them in, man. I don't care if they – I don't care what they've been through, that lost. Whatever the case is, you had to put them in. They deserved it. Holy cow. I said last Thursday, however it goes down after we had that discussion, a college football playoff scene full of calamity – and hurt, bitter feelings will benefit BYU the most in their future of Power 5 inclusion. Okay? It could not have worked out any better. It was perfect, man. It was, <laughs> it was, like, it was like the clouds opened up, and for, for a small moment, man, the sun shining in my living room and glistening off my, my brown forehead, my brown skin, and you can see my, my pearly white teeth smiling. And I was like, thank you, Lord, for answering my prayers and the prayers of many others because this is exactly what we needed to happen. This is the best-case scenario was for them to have uh, a team in TCU drop three, stops, three, stop, three spots back uh, and, and for to, uh, to have Baylor just looking right right outside, you know, knocking on the door, not being able to get in. And you heard what the commissioner said, man, we got to restructure things. We got to restructure things like five years ago because we can't have this again. It needs to happen now. Also trending in BYU Sports Nation, part of a huge weekend. The Miami Beach Bowl, the Cougars against Memphis. But then BYU women's volleyball back to the Sweet 16. They upset the number 11 seed Arizona in four sets. If you want to call it an upset, they should have hosted. Right. But they get back to the Sweet 16 for a third straight year. Then there's the men's basketball team on Saturday against Hawaii. After a slow start, Kyle Collinsworth kept him in the game in the first half again. Mm-hmm. And then he goes for the first triple-double for BYU men's basketball 
Since, well, that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. 26 years or 1988. The last BYU triple-double came from Michael Smith. Now the color analyst for the Los Angeles Clippers. In 1988. Wow. I was like, it's been that long since we had a triple-double. And Kyle told me that he was going to do this last year. He's like, oh, I'm going to have one before I'm out of here. That's the, that's the year I was born, man. 1988. Man. But I like how Kyle kept him in the game. Wait, I mean, you were born they, in 1988? 1988. <laughs> that gave my age away right there. That's right. What? What? I'm... I'm, I'm am so I young, old. Am I young? I feel old, man. I'm old, man. I'm old, too. We could be old together. Holy cow. Triple born in 1988. 1988, man. It was for May 2nd. 26 years. Props to Kyle Collinsworth. 19 points, 12 rebounds, 10 assists. He needed one assist, and the coaches knew it, and so they drew up an out-of-bounds play for him to, uh, to get that last assist, and it worked to perfection. They beat Hawaii 90-70. to 70. Third, Lexi Eaton scores 30 points, grabbed a career-high 13 rebounds, and an 11-point win over Colorado State for the BYU women's hoops team, also at Energy Solutions Arena. Our Twitter question today, what is the biggest news this weekend in BYU sports? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At CJ Hershey, Big 12 getting shut out of the playoff for not having a conference championship game. Bring on expansion. Expansion. Yes, yes, yes. At yes, PWNR yes, 1019, yes. Kyle Collinsworth with the fifth BYU triple-double ever. Ooh. So that's, that's the thing. Only, only five. One, two, three, four, fifth. Oh, only five have happened. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. And at Crazy Coog Fanatic. The fact that the Big 12 may add two teams and BYU is on the list of possibilities. She also had Kyle's triple-double is big also. That's the thing. It's it's like this consensus between media members that BYU, it's going to be BYU and somebody it's be else. BYU and somebody else, man. 1,000% chance. 10,000% chance. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the Memphis Tigers? And what about the Big 12 being snubbed? We'll ask AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco next. BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio brought to you by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live from Studio B on a very intriguing and busy Monday when it comes to BYU athletics as a whole. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Women's basketball took care of Colorado State on Saturday with an 11-point win at Energy Solutions Arena in Salt Lake City. Now they're back home in the Marriott Center tomorrow night, live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain tip-off against in-state foe Weber State. The Cougars trying to get another win and keep that momentum rolling after knocking off the preseason favorite in the Mountain West, Colorado State. What's the biggest news from this weekend in BYU sports? Use the hashtag BYUSN to chime in and let us know your thoughts. Joining BYU Sports Nation for the second time, Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Mike, great to have you back with us. The Miami Beach Bowl matchup is set Memphis and BYU. Why did you feel like you wanted the Tigers and Cougars in South Beach? Well, thanks, uh, Spencer, for having me on, and good morning to you and Brian. Uh, well, we, we certainly wanted BYU in the bowl because BYU brings a, a national profile, a tremendous history and prestige, and, and an excellent team as well. Uh, and great people and fans. And Memphis is our one of our co-champions, uh, the tri-champions this year, one of our tri-champions. And uh, they they wanted to go to Miami Beach and, and play BYU. Uh, 
you know, as you know, UCF played BYU this year, and although UCF is in Florida, you know, that we didn't want to rematch. Uh, so it made a lot of sense to send Memphis down there. You know, this was going to be become a, a premier bowl game. ESPN is televising it, televising it on December 22nd and will in future years. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I think, close to a sellout, if not a sellout, uh, great weather. So it, it's really just a nice bowl. And I know some of the writers have already said it's one of the bowls they're looking forward to, one of the uh, really premier bowls this year. They're going to look forward to seeing our one of our champions and uh, play BYU. Mike, what should all BYU fans know about the current state of Memphis football? Uh, Memphis, uh, uh, Justin Fuente did a remarkable rebuilding job. Uh, you know, he's only been there a few years. Uh, last year they were 3-9, and nine, but you could tell that uh, they were becoming very competitive. They almost beat UCF last year. You all know how good they were. And uh, they had some tough, heartbreaking losses. I know they lost a tough one at Houston. They became a, uh, and a tough one to Cincinnati. They became a really good team. Uh, and he did it the right way. You know, he built a lot of depth there, and uh, he's got a great program. Uh, got great kids. Uh, Paxton Lynch is an outstanding quarterback. He's six seven, and he and he can throw. Uh, he's got a terrific defense, and it's a veteran defense. They'll probably lose some players, you know, on that next year. So what BYU will be facing a really sound team that can run the ball. They've had some injuries, but uh, their their backup running backs have done really well. Uh, it'll be a good, solid, uh, you know, team they're facing. And, and obviously BYU righted the ship. You know, they had that tough period in the middle, uh, obviously devastated by injuries. I know in the UCF game, it looked like they lost almost their entire defensive backfield, it seemed. I know they, one of the young fellows had a broken arm. That was a really physical game. Uh, UCF's a very physical team. And I know BYU wasn't the same for a little while and then came back strong and, and, and won at Cal. So I think uh, BYU is uh, it's in great shape right now. It should be a very physical game. Uh, I, I expect it to be very competitive. The commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco, with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about the Miami Beach Bowl. Personally, I love the matchup. I talked about this last Friday, Mike, when, when I said this is a team that maybe don't have the, the national name brand that a Cincinnati or a UCF does, but certainly they have an argument as being the best team in the American Athletic Conference right now. Correct? Yeah, here's the thing about Memphis. Uh, we we thought they should, you know, we thought they could easily have been chosen to be on New Year's Day. <clears throat> we felt that we have four or five teams that can beat any team in the group of five. I, I think we have the strongest conference. I really do. I simply believe it. I look at our schedule. We played the absolute toughest non-conference schedule in the country. Memphis went out to UCLA. It was a tie game with four minutes left. They lost by seven points. Anyone who saw the game knows how tough and hard fought it was. They went to Ole Miss. They didn't play Ole Miss on a neutral field. They, they went to Oxford, 7-3, mid-fourth quarter. A few things went wrong, interception, and then there were some points at the end that didn't need to be scored, to be honest with you. But the point is, it was a 7-3 game, very competitive against one of the premier teams in the country. Memphis is a very sound team. They, uh, they went up to Cincinnati and won 41-14. They lost a heartbreaker to Houston. Uh, they had a 14-3 lead, and they lost 28-24. Yeah, five turnovers Houston, in that game. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Houston's been a little inconsistent this year, but the point is Memphis has had a, a, a terrific season, and, you know, they, they have a, a certain pedigree. Memphis has been around a long time. They've played good football over the years, haven't gotten the attention. The program had fallen into some disrepair, but obviously Justin's done a terrific job bringing it back. Mike, I was really intrigued with the matchup of, of BYU and Cincinnati in Miami. Uh, why not Cincinnati uh, against BYU uh, and, and, and putting Memphis over them? 
Well, Memphis had had the edge. Memphis uh, was one of our tri champions, and they also defeated Cincinnati, uh, you know, pretty convincingly. So, and Memphis wanted to go to uh, to South, uh, you know, obviously South Beach, uh, Miami Beach uh, for the Miami Beach Bowl, uh, and we felt that they really had first dibs on it. And Cincinnati was very happy uh, going to the Military Bowl. That was one of their preferences, either there, there, or possibly Birmingham. Uh, we were able to match up uh, Cincinnati with Virginia Tech. That's a terrific matchup. Um, you know, Virginia Tech has uh, uh, Whit Babcock as their AD, and he was the Cincinnati AD until recently. So that's an interesting, uh, you know, uh, an interesting sidelight. But no, we we felt that you know Memphis should have uh, first dibs on that. I think they were, uh, you know, viewed because of their win over Cincinnati. They didn't play UCF, and and UCF also had a very good schedule and a, and a good uh, season and played very tough non-conference games as well. But UCF wasn't going to go to Miami because, as I mentioned, they've already played BYU. So the logical pick there was was Memphis. And, and again, Memphis got the attention of the, uh, the selection committee. Um, I think we were very close. I think if uh, Boise had slipped up in its championship game, Memphis might well have been the team. Uh, or UCF, you don't know. Probably it would have been tougher for Cincinnati because, again, Memphis had defeated them pretty pretty. Uh, uh, you know, pretty uh, convincingly. Now, the thing too is, um, you you look at um, a team like Memphis, and they they play an exciting brand of football. They they throw the ball, they run the ball, they play really good defense, uh, and they're very excited about this. Their fans are excited. I think you'll see a great crowd. BYU, we know, will bring a lot of people, and uh, and we know that there's a big BYU contingent in Florida as well. So I think overall, it'll be a really good matchup. AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco with us on BYU Sports Nation. You're obviously very tied into what happens at the major Division I college football level. And with yesterday's ripple effect from the college football playoff and the Big 12 getting the snub at the college football playoff, what what do you think will happen over the next few months? And uh, I believe you're at the athletic director meetings in New York as well. So, I mean, you're right in the heart of it. What do you think the ripple effect will be? Well, certainly there'll be a lot of conversation, guys, about you know what the, what the Big Twelve might do next. I think the Big Twelve will clearly be the focus, having had two really good teams not not quite make it. So there'll be a lot of talk about realignment again. There'll be a lot of talk about expansion. There'll be a lot of talk about uh, possibly a Big Twelve championship game. I think everybody has to just step back and say, look, the the Big Twelve will be deliberative. Uh, they will not uh, do anything out of any kind of panic at all. I think they'll look at um, the possibility of playing a championship game, which they frankly did not want to do and may still not want to do. But if they decide to, they can do it with 10 teams if they can get a waiver from the uh, NCAA or if they can pass have legislation passed. And in this era of deregulation and autonomy, I'm not sure that that wouldn't be uh, possible. And we've always supported that. We've felt that the conferences can determine now uh, their own uh, championship format. And, or they may decide not to play a championship game and, and remain at 10 teams and, and strengthen their non-conference schedules. That seemed to be a signal from the committee. You've got to play better non-conference schedules. Uh, they play um, a nine-game, as you know, round-robin conference schedule. So you've got to argue that one of those games should count as a pretty decent non-conference game. As you know, some of the non-conference teams that people schedule are not that strong. So I think they should get the benefit of that doubt. In the meantime, I think that uh, – you know, there's going to be a lot of talk, and, and I know the blogosphere, and I know, you know, Twitter and everything will be rife with rumors constantly, and, and we're not going to speculate on any of them. But I do think that uh, they'll look at it and say, 
this is what the committee told us by doing what they did, and we've probably got to adapt in some way. But I don't think it's it's far from certain what they'll do. This notion they're just going to expand and have a you know a 12 teams and a championship game with divisions uh, to me is is way premature. Now, if we're being realistic and fair to the situation, your conference, as you've mentioned, is a great non-P5 conference, a G5. But they're certainly on the radar for the Big 12 with teams like Cincinnati, UCF, and, and Memphis. What is it like for you knowing that uh, some of your teams might be targeted by the Big 12 because you have great teams in your conference? Well, we do, uh, and, and I've been through this before. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not um, you know, new to this. I, uh, I had to go through it, and it's never easy. And we obviously took some teams from other conferences. Uh, we're basically taking the position that whatever happens down the road happens. We're not going to worry about it. We uh, we want to build this conference. Uh, we've got contingency plans. We always do. You have to. Uh, you know that's part of leadership to make sure you uh, you can deal with things as they occur. But I think our feeling is we've got a good, strong, stable group. I don't know where where other conferences will do right now. Obviously, the the big five. We we try not to call them the power five. I know the media still does, and and we always felt that that denigrated us because our guys are very powerful when you win the Fiesta Bowl and you win national championships. But point is, you know, we have to deal with this, and, and we know that they are attractive to teams, but we're not going to worry about it. And, and, I, you know, I know the rumors are going to be flying, of course, the next five or six, seven months, whatever, and, and uh, our position will be I'm not going to speculate about it. Uh, but, again, uh, we feel that uh, we've got very attractive teams, as you mentioned. We really do, and and we're building this. It, this is a work in progress. We're not even remotely there uh, yet, where we want to be. But you can look at our league, and you can look at the non-conference schedule we played, and by far it was the toughest of any conference in the country, bar none. And uh, you know, for instance, SMU, you know, they they took some shots because obviously they weren't a very good team, but they certainly could have won four, three or four games if they played in another conference uh, in our group. And they also played a non-conference schedule at Baylor, TCU, A&M at home, and then went to North Texas after that. There are very few, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're uh, you know Ohio State or Baylor or Florida State, pretty tough surviving that stretch. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we a lot of our guys did that. If you look at our non-conference schedule, Cincinnati went to Ohio State, went to Miami, Memphis, as I mentioned, at UCLA, at Ole Miss. Uh, we probably, to some extent, hurt our chances a bit to be on New Year's Day, but we did it with the larger goal in mind, the larger vision, and that is to strengthen our conference, to do what the committee asked us to do. Uh, unfortunately, you, you can't lose three games in this new scenario. If we'd had two lost teams, I think we'd have been right there. and We might well have uh, prevailed. But we had three losses, and teams just didn't have much margin for error once they got into conference play. That's something that, you know, obviously is going to be a factor down the road. But I'm fully confident that this group will continue to get better uh, and we'll have, uh, you know, a very competitive conference. Mike, I hope they give you a nice Christmas bonus for handling the stress of all of this. First of all, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. <laughs> well, thank in, you. We look forward to seeing you in Miami Beach. I know Tom Homel, BYU's athletic director, appreciates the relationship he has with the American Athletic Conference, and uh, we're looking forward to a great time down there in Florida. And uh, yeah, you know, let's let's definitely get together, talk things over. You can tell us the Miami hotspots, and we'll go from there. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for the kind words. And uh, I can't say enough good things about Tom Holmo and and, uh, and Kevin Worthen, uh, President Worthen. Uh, the BYU people are great. I have a great fondness, too, for the institution because for 30 years I've been in the, in, in, in college athletics and, and was in TV. And, and in all my years at ESPN, I came out to BYU, 
from time to time for Thursday games and, and other games, and I was just treated, uh, you know, unbelievably well. People were warm and friendly, and uh, I have a lot of good feelings about that. And I think BYU is a great program, and, and I've defended it when people said it wasn't one of the Power Fives, and um, that it's just it's silly. BYU is one of the great programs with great tradition, national champions, Heisman's, you know, the whole thing. And and so consequently, we're we're thrilled to have them in Miami Beach, and I look forward to seeing you gentlemen down there, Spencer and Brian. Really, thanks for having me. Sounds good. Thanks. Mike Oresco, American Athletic Conference Commissioner. We'll talk to you soon. Last Thursday, like I said, I said, however it goes down, this college football playoff scene full of calamity is going to be a good thing for BYU. And so with those comments that he just gave us, BYU to not be considered a Power 5 is just silly. Just silly. A lot of people have that thought. Maybe I'm silly. I said it the other day. Go back to the Mountain West. Yeah. What the heck? Big 12 now. <laughs> how quickly, I'll take it back. How quickly the perspective changes. Up next, ESPN's Trevor Maddich weighs in. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. The show rolls on on a Monday. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan broadcasting in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. We have plenty to talk about. The Miami Beach Bowl. The Big 12 snubbing by the college football playoff. Kyle Collins with triple-double. BYU women's volleyball back to the Sweet 16. Yes. What a weekend for BYU athletics. And what a time to bring in one of our good friends, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, for another Maddich Monday, former national champion and college football insider. Trevor, I want to spend the majority of this interview talking about this whole Big 12 chaos theory that we've set up in the college football playoff. But I do want to ask you initially, what was your reaction to the Miami Beach Bowl matchup of Memphis and BYU? I like it. It's a good matchup, and it's a good reward for Memphis. I mean, they haven't won a conference championship since the 1960s. Now they're co-champs. It's, a, it's an excellent matchup for BYU, and it'll be a tough win for BYU if they're able to pull it off. I mean, this is very much a defensive-minded team. Very solid on defense, balanced on offense. They'll throw a couple of running backs at you. One of them weighs about 210 pounds. The other one's 250 pounds. And so this is a fundamentally sound team that will require you to be disciplined to have a chance to beat them. It'll be a fun game. Yeah, won six games in a row, finished 9-3. and three. In my opinion, they're the best team in the American Athletic Conference. Amazingly, that has all taken a backseat to what happened at all a little afternoon uh, Eastern time yesterday with the announcement of the college football playoff and the four teams in Ohio state gets in TCU and Baylor and the big 12 are snubbed and left out. How much does that really help BYU's potential power five inclusion? Well, I think it helps a lot because when you look at what the big 12 is going through right now, they are really upset. You've got the commissioner trying to backtrack and make excuses for the fact that they refused to name the one true champion that they said all season they were going to have that made their their system of not having a playoff game but playing everybody in the league superior to all the other conferences. So he he's trying to moonwalk that one. You've got the conference champion, Baylor, or co-champion, Coach Art Bryles complaining that the Big 12 commissioner, or at least his office, did not promote one true champion hard enough so that the committee would have a reason to to give them better consideration. This is in Brow's opinion. All these things happening mean there's a lot of chaos there. And when there's chaos, there's emotion. And when there's emotion, there's catalysts for change. Right, right. Trevor, if the Big 12 does decide to expand, which teams 
are most attractive to them? Well, BYU is a, a obviously attractive to them because it's a national program. There's a lot of prestige in BYU's football program and the rest of the programs as well. I mean, BYU doesn't just come in with a, with a football team. It comes in with a full athletic program that's competitive nationally. But football is king. And because BYU is a national program, there will be eyeballs from coast to coast on every single Big 12 game that features BYU. That's something they need to think about because that's important. But another thing that they can think about doesn't include BYU. I mean, they could go the other direction. And they could get eyeballs on their, on their conference by going to, say, the University of Cincinnati, massive city with outstanding high school football. And if they bring the Bearcats into the conference, they will have, you know, half the teams will be physically in the city of Cincinnati every year on road trips. You've got Central Florida and South Florida, which would put the Big 12 into the recruiting hotbed of the Southeast. Yep. And they could take both of those teams, forget Cincinnati, they could just pick those Florida teams and really concentrate on being in the state of Florida often every year. Either one of those two options would leave BYU out of the cold from a standpoint of a Big 12 if it only expanded to 12 teams. And something tells me that if they are forced to expand in order to have a conference championship game, they don't, that might not be the case. But if they are, then... I don't think they'll go past 12 teams because I really think the Big 12 likes dividing their money amongst as few teams as possible. Yep. They had, per team, more money than the SEC divided this year because the SEC has 14 teams and the Big, 10 only splits it, or Big 12 only splits it 10 ways. Wow. The great debate is whether or not the Big 12 can get that exemption from the NCAA to host a conference champion or to hold a conference championship game with only 10 teams. So I think it really only hinges on whether or not they can get that to go through. Right, Trevor? Yeah, that's a big one. And I don't think the NCAA will, will agree to that because I think there will be pushback from the other conferences. I mean, the, the Pac-12 expanded specifically so that they could get 12 teams, two 16 divisions, and therefore qualify to have their own conference championship game. Right. And I think the other, the other conferences would not want to give the Big Ten the benefits of a conference championship game, while also the benefits of splitting money only ten ways. And so I think that they would, the other conferences would pressure the NCAA to make it a level playing field, that if the Big, ten, Big 12 wants to go that route, fine, but they have to take the same path that everybody else took to get there. Trevor, do you think the, the committee got, the, got it right with these four teams? I do. I do. Uh, the, the first three, these are the four teams that I, that I picked. The first three, I think, uh, are ones that everybody agrees with. The question really is, should it have been Ohio State, Baylor, or TCU at number four? Right. And you can make a case for Ohio State or Baylor. You can't really make a case for TCU, in my opinion, even though they might be the best of those three teams, because one true champion... They, they lose the head-to-head tiebreaker with Baylor to be the first among equals in terms of the, the co-champs of the Big 12. So, so whether it's Ohio State or Baylor, you, you can make a case for either team. And I think one of the cases you can make for uh, Ohio State over Baylor is that Ohio State's loss came in week two when they were having their freshman quarterback start his second game in place of injured senior Heisman candidate Braxton Miller. That was Ohio State's loss. Baylor's loss was at West Virginia when their best quarterback, Bryce Petty, was on the field. Right. And so I think there are reasons you could take Ohio State over Baylor that are perfectly reasonable to everybody outside of Waco, Texas. 
for me, it's just the the fifty nine to nothing factor in a championship game. When when I saw TCU win fifty six to three, and I thought, okay, well maybe they'll, they'll let the Horn Frogs in. I don't know uh, if if they're going to determine the body of work and the eye test and all that stuff. But when Ohio State won fifty nine to nothing, for me that that sealed the deal. You just can't ignore that in a conference championship game. Well, sure. And if you want to look at it from a standpoint of complete team, think of what Ohio State has accomplished. They lose Braxton Miller preseason. Most people wrote them off for as a playoff contender because of that. With their backup freshman, they went to number five in the nation at the end of the regular season, and that backup freshman, J.T. Barrett, elevated his play to the level of Heisman contender. Yep. Well, now they're on their third quarterback because of the injury to Barrett, and he threw three touchdowns, no interceptions, and completely lit up Wisconsin defense, which is statistically one of the best in the nation. And so I don't know how you can fail to say that Ohio State is a complete team able to overcome more adversity than any other team in the nation this year, and not just a team with a star that carries them forward. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're talking about... The Big 12 snub, the college football playoff, and how this impacts BYU football moving forward. Trevor, I, I feel like the best case scenario for BYU was how it played out on Saturday with uh, everything falling how it did and then the playoff committee opting to leave the Big 12 out. But the Cougars are still kind of a high-maintenance inclusion in that conference because no Sunday play and TV rights and all that stuff. What if BYU were to go as a football only? Do you think that would increase their chances of, of getting what they want in the college football world? No, I don't think that makes sense for either, either party, BYU or the Big 12. Uh, and the big reason is that the Big 12 would want BYU basketball. They would want BYU baseball and track and all the other things that BYU brings to the table. I mean, it enhances their prestige and their national competitiveness. And so as a football only, I think – you start to get a little weird when you start to split off sports like that. Now, it could happen. It's possible. But because of the Sunday play that you're talking about, you know, with BYU's Olympic sports and the West Coast Conference now, that makes perfect sense there. But, you know, I think the Mountain West and the Western Athletic Conference before that were able to work it through. I think the Big 12 would be able to as well. I think the Pac-12 would have been less of a fit for BYU just because of the culture. I mean, think about Provo, Utah, and Berkeley, California. You know, you don't have a whole lot of common ground when it comes to that. But, but Provo and these towns in Texas, there's a lot of common ground. So I think they'd be able to work through Sunday play. Trevor, I have this, uh, this prediction that if there's one more shuffle in, in college football that – Teams and, and, and conferences are going to start to hit the panic button, and you'll see these, these mega conferences form. Do you think uh, with the panic right now with the Big 12 and then bringing on a team like BYU, do you think other conferences join in and, and, and gather some more uh, teams? Boy, I hope not. I, I certainly hope <laughs> not. Just because all of a sudden, you know, you will have a push towards even more playoffs. I mean, think about this. Look at the NFL. You have two conferences, the National, NFC, and the American Conference, the AFC. Sixteen teams in the, in the NFC and AFC. So let's just take the AFC for fun. Those 16 teams have a three-round playoff just to determine the champion of their conference. Then the winner goes on to the Super Bowl, right? Well, the SEC and the ACC 
These are conferences that have 14 teams already. So there's no way in the world they can come close to playing everybody in their conference. There's not enough games in the season. And then you've got a, a, a situation where they have one conference championship game. Well, if they expand any more, you'd have to have a multiple-round playoff within conferences. Mm. And some people think that's a good idea, but I, I think that the more college football becomes like the NFL, the greater the danger of losing what makes college football the greatest regular season of all, of all sports. And that's because college football is the least like its professional counterpart right. of any of the other sports. Basketball has March Madness. College baseball has the College Baseball World Series. But football is different. And so the regular season in college football has every week monumental, epic battles that will shift the balance of power nationally in college football. Compare that to basketball where you have big, huge matchups between incredibly highly ranked teams, and it's just an exhibition that matters only for seeding in the postseason tournament. Well, if the more you expand conferences, the more you're forced to go more towards the NFL model, add more rounds of playoffs, and when you do that, you diminish the regular season. Trevor, great stuff. We thank you for bringing some solid thought to an otherwise out-of-control Big 12 chaos theory and the college football playoff. Look forward to what happens over the next month for sure. All right. Thanks, guys. BYU and Memphis, we know that is happening for sure on December 22nd in Miami. Up next, how sweet it is, the stash and the Sweet 16. BYU Volleyball Coach Sean Olmstead joins us live in studio on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Join our Twitter conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. What is the biggest news from this weekend in BYU sports? I'm guessing that our next guest will have to go with volleyball. BYU women's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead back on set. Stash is looking a little bit more healthy. Healthier, yep. A couple wins will do that. A couple wins will do that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the, the OTS, the Olmstead tourney stash, as it has been dubbed by BYU women's volleyball, the picture came out, and, and I understand that you got it from your sister at church yesterday. I, I had no, I, I don't have Facebook, I don't have, all, I don't have Twitter, I don't have any of that. I'm sitting, uh, I'm actually, Elders Corn, we had to go to primary to help, the, the women were doing something, Relief Society. Okay. So I'm sitting in primary, and I get a text, and you know, I'm kind of looking at my phone, and I'm, oh crap, like, oh my gosh, because that's <laughs> the last thing I intended. And then uh, I think it was Jerem, I think you were on the text last night at about 10 or 10.30, yeah. And it had now gone to AVCA volleyball, and I'm like, oh no, because now it it's you know, it's now it's even. You got the other coaches just, uh, who's this young knucklehead? And and so uh, we'll see. You know, uh, it, it just gets better and better with each win, and I guess uh, the girls enjoy it, so we'll keep it rolling. First, then, then first there's of all, the why, selfie. Why, yeah. why, first of all, why are you on your phone and during church? Hey, well, that hey, that, that, no, I, no, no. I admit it. I admit it. You know, but uh, I, I had to worry about travel. We got a, we got some oh, big competition. Okay, okay. There's some, some things I had to take care of. I, I, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's a good excuse. Yep. I'll take that. Are you driving in a big semi rig? I do. The hat's fitting. My best friend owns this company, and so I thought, you know, next week we win cowboy hat and boots and all. Wrangler, he, he Wranglers. He's doing a little bit of neon color. We tried to a little bit. I mean, he's got the electric bring it out. blue yeah. vest. I've got the camo shoes that go with the hat. Oh, you know? yeah, so yeah. It, it's, you I, know, I thought I, you were going hunting. I'm smart. I'm hey, smart you about it. I will never question your fashion. <laughs> I'll never you do that. You can't. No, nope. no you can't. 
<laughs> Got to respect it. Back yeah. to the Sweet 16 for a third straight year. And, and it goes without saying that that is – that's unbelievable. It's hard to get there once, but three years in a row. What does that mean to you in the group? Yeah, you know, I, it's it's weird because I still I, I'm I'm worried. Yeah, I mean, now we got a big matchup. So I, I I mean, honestly, I haven't sat and thought about it. And and in coaching, it's there. It's always the next thing, and so you want to enjoy it. You want to be excited, but it's okay. Now we got Florida State, and now we got you know. Okay, let's. When are we going to travel out there? When are we practicing? Let's be smart about everything. You're trying to be calculated, and, and you're trying to get the kids in the best possible shape and position to succeed. And so, I haven't. I really haven't thought about it, and 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 I didn't even know. I, I kid you not. I was outside on, on sitting on a bench in uh, Tucson that night, waiting for the girls to get on the bus, and I'm, I think I'm talking to my wife, and one of our players comes up and gives me the high-five signal, and she says, congrats on win number 100. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. I, I kid you <laughs> yeah. not. And, uh, hey, thanks. You know, tell your dad thanks. Because she said, my dad said congrats. And and uh, I, so it is remarkable for these kids. I mean, that, that really is. I can sit back right now for a couple minutes and go, wow, you know, back to back to back. Someone someone sent me a text, and I didn't know who it was, so I can't respond if, if I don't know because it could be who a recruit. Yeah. yeah, but someone's like, congrats on back-to-back Sweet 16, and there was a part of me that's like, no, 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 hold on, back to back to back. back. Yeah. And I wanted to <laughs> respond, right. but I didn't want to get in trouble, you know. But, no, I, I'm, I'm happy for these kids, and, and there's just there's some I'm, – I'm, I'm working with some remarkable athletes. Don't get me wrong, and I know that they're – the secret to this whole thing, or they're the magic, however you want to put it. And I've got a great staff. So it's exciting for, for those people, and, and we'll see how long we can keep this thing and the stash going. Coach, you guys have won nine straight matches. How important is it to peak at the right time, get that momentum towards the end of the season and heading into the postseason? Yeah, that's exa- it's a great point. I, I think it's, it's really, really important. It's a lot of it has to do with the confidence, um, kind of, you know, what do people want to call it, some swag that the yep. kids have. And, uh, and that's really important right now. And so we're trying to be kind of, like I said, calculated about how we approach this week, yeah. how we approach our practice opportunities, so that when we get on the floor, the kids are feeling spunky, they're ready to go. And I tell the kids all the time, we're going to kind of feel like spring chickens, ready to go. And uh, <laughs> the kids like that, and, and they understand when we're, you know, practice is short or how we're approaching different, different things each day. Okay, so let's talk about what happens over the next few days. What are your travel plans where are you going? You match up with Florida State, obviously, but what happens yeah. next? Yeah, so we're gonna um, we're we're flying out. You know, we've got today. We've got a team meeting at, at three o'clock, and and we'll do a couple things there. And then we've got we've got a flight at uh, Wednesday at eight forty-five. So we're gonna be able to practice in the Smith Fieldhouse, which we we want to do. And uh, we'll take the we're get we got the last flight to Seattle, a direct flight, and then we'll get to the hotel, just get the kids in in bed as quick as we can, and. And then we have some. We actually get to be in the arena uh, Thursday morning, and that's going to be that's going to be a good quality practice where we get about an hour and a half, and uh, we'll use that entire hour and a half. And uh, then the kids, you know, we have the film prep, we have all that stuff that that happens after, and uh, then you know another practice Friday, and then match time. So, is, is, is there any fun things that you guys do? I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to compare it to a bowl game right how you no. and you obviously there's longer time you have about a week and you can you know go to parties and whatnot no, this is that's a funny comment because I was driving down to get the bus for the last road trip and oh. I remember they had the guy I think his name's Carlos Padilla I, yeah. I remembered it because oh, yeah. it was yeah. a span and he was getting interviewed on, on a local sports show and and he's telling me the schedule and I'm like come yeah. on and then Hol- <laughs> Tom Holmo director athletic director joined our team and I said Tom 
I just heard the interview with Carlos Padilla. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to a football game yeah. or are you going on a yacht party? <laughs> I mean, are you, gonna, you gotta bring your to uh, little, those top cider shoes or whatever. Right. You, you, know, you tell them, you know, we're going sailing, we're doing this. So let me answer that. No, there's none of that. These girls know that it's a business trip. I mean, last year we went to Hawaii and I told the girls, hey, anything that you want to go find or shop, you can find it online when we get back. We're not here to go <laughs> shop down in Waikiki. We're not, and it's the same approach. You know, Seattle, we're, we, these kids, they, they want to accomplish something that, you know, we, we know that we've been to this round the last three years, and I yeah. know that these kids are hungry to move on beyond that. And, right. and these kids are going to take that approach. That's what I'm impressed with is they're going to take that approach. And uh, they've been doing that, and I believe they'll do that. And so there, there is no fun events. Uh, it's all business for us, but that's kind of how we like it, and that's how we've done things. You're talking time. about the swag. They've got it. You're, you're down 19-13 in the fourth set. You go on a 12-4 run, and you beat Arizona on their home floor. Yeah, I, I imagine the confidence will follow you to Seattle. Good luck against Florida State, Coach. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me always. Good luck with the stash as well. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> up next on BYU Sports Nation, we will wrap things up. BYU, how they fit into the Big 12, if at all. The snub, the Beach Bowl, and the Sweet 16. All things well in BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan here. You know, Tyler Haas might be the only guy in college hoops that can score 30 quietly. We're about to get loud about it. On his way to making BYU basketball history, Tyler Haas is chasing Jimmer on BYU Sports Nation. 436 after a 30-point performance against the University of Hawaii. Tyler's going to break the record. Yeah, say oh, he's breaking it. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It goes to Tyler's teammate, Kyle Collinsworth. First triple-double in 26 years, last to do it since or since uh, 1988, Michael Smith. Holy cow. What's the biggest news from B- BYU Sports this weekend? Use the hashtag BYUSN to join the combo. Thanks to Trevor Maddich, Mike Oresco, Sean Olmstead, and everyone on our crew. And, of course, my man, Brian Logan. Throw my mustache out soon. Catch us on demand. Download the podcast. Shout out to Leon White. We're back to work tomorrow. <laughs>